GoneMobile.io. It's Gone Mobile. Welcome back to the Gone Mobile podcast. This episode is being recorded on June 11th, 2014. Uh, our guest for this episode is Kevin Kanuup, uh, who's kind enough to join us from all the way over in, in South Africa. What is really an unspeakable time in the morning over there. Uh, thanks so much for joining us, Kevin. Hi, Greg. Yeah, uh, no worries. It's it's thanks for having me. Um, it, it's it's late for you guys, so we'll just call it even. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's it's the earliest I've been up in a while, but it, it feels good. Um, yeah, thanks for having me. Well, hopefully it ends up being for a good cause for you. <laughs> yeah, I hope so. Well, I hope I hope I have some um, some information that your your listeners will find interesting, at least. I think so. So yeah, I both John and I know you from the the, the MVVM cross community for the most part, where you've been uh, pretty actively involved over you know, for pretty much the whole time that I've been involved too. And you know, uh, I guess it was last week or so. Some of us were chatting in the the MVVM cross Jabber room about. Uh, an app I'd recently launched and some of the costs involved and things like that. And the idea came up to to do a show around some of the, the things that are involved in, in starting up an app company and, and running it and maintaining it and that kind of thing. And, and just how you can approach doing so in an affordable way, since that's, that's something that I've actually found that not a whole lot of people talk openly about. Um, so I think it could be really interesting. And you were mentioning that, you know, you you're able to, to run the, the app that you're doing kind of on the cheap. Uh, so to kick things off, I mean, can you just kind of talk a little bit about what what is the app and the and the company that you're running? Okay, so um, first of all, let me say this uh, app business is is not my day job, um, but I think like like most of us, um, you know, this is something that that we do on the side. Um, uh, I work for a company called Centra Stage in the UK. Um, and we do remote device management. So yeah, this is really something that I got involved in after hours. Um, Centra Stage is sort of kind enough to, uh, you know, allow allow us if you, if you want to sort of work on other projects um, after hours. Um, but I think it is important. Um, any developer sort of worth his weight and salt wants to get stuck into other technologies. Um, and not just be focused on one thing all the time. So it's it's healthy to to sort of you know get involved in other things. And yeah, the app store has just really uh, been interesting for me because uh, there's so many other aspects um, of you know of running a business that you get involved in. Um, so anyway, the app that um, that I'm working on currently is called uh, Hustlearn, and it's essentially a um, remote keypad for your home security system um, it allows you to remotely arm and disarm uh, your system it also allows your system to talk back to you uh, via push notifications so um, things like if your alarm is triggered you will obviously get a notification on your phone um, or if the system has gone into some sort of trouble state you get a notification so um, yeah that's 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 really what it's what it's about security in South Africa is a big thing so it's it, it's quite a big industry for us 
So I think Greg may have uh, tipped off uh, our <laughs> listeners already a little bit, but um, what are you using to, to make this app? What platforms and uh, what tools are you using? Okay, so um, yeah, I am, I'm using Xamarin. Um, uh, so C-Shop with Xamarin. And uh, yeah, that's, that's the technology stack. It's, it's worked really well for me. I, we use Xamarin um, at, at Centra Stage 2. So um, I've been working with it uh, well, uh, since the beginning, really. Um, and I'm, I'm lucky enough to use it in my day job, too. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm quite familiar with it. So what, uh, what are the platforms that you support um, in the app? Right now, it's, it's iOS only. You know, I personally think that's that's the right way to go. Um, is just just start off on on iOS. Um, so, I ha- the app is built on a framework called MVVM Cross, which I know you all familiar with. And uh, so, yeah, and I mean, an Android version is is in the works, um, but it, you know, it's not out yet. So that's actually something I'd be curious about because it was the decision that, that I had to make recently too when we were we were launching uh, the app I just did. So like, what was your your reasoning for going for iOS first instead of trying to tackle multiple platforms at once? Using MVVM Cross, I've sort of you know left that opportunity open. So um, you know, I realize um, from you need to realize from the beginning that you you may go to multiple platforms. So you know, choose the right technology stack from the beginning, but. Um, just from a business um, standpoint, uh, the the iStore um, made more sense to me. I, I think it's also because I'm a I am an iPhone iOS user, so I'm sort of more familiar with the platform. Uh, and just you know, based on my reading, uh, people seem to be more successful on the App Store. And I mean that may be completely wrong, but that's uh, that was my reasoning. So that's kind of doing apps on the the cheaper in the theme of it by doing iOS, doing one platform first, but then also you know leaving yourself, like you said, using MVVM Cross to be open to to future platforms. So I think uh, that already fits in really nicely with the theme of the show. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, let me, let me just say, you know, I think uh, you know you want to you need to start sort of covering your costs early. So. Um, you know, we we can get into what what it costs to run um, a business like this, but you know, for me, it was just really important. Even even if it's just from a motivational um, standpoint, that you start seeing an income early, um, it it motivates you to sort of keep going, keep developing. Um, so, and and you know, as I said, you need to be covering your costs early. Um, if you if you're not making money from the second or the third or the fourth sale. Uh, you know, it, 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 I think the, the, I know myself um, and maybe developers in general are relatively risk averse. So, uh, you know, we like to sort of feel comfortable in what we're doing and it needs to make a lot of sense. Um, so, yeah, if you're not making money from the beginning, it, it's not going to make a lot of sense. Now, you mentioned uh, that your app deals with push notifications. And so I can imagine there's some sort of server infrastructure set up. Um, what exactly are your server side needs? Okay, so um, luckily enough, I don't need I don't need massive performance on the server side. It's there's not a lot of there's not too much going on. It's it's basic basically to manage the push notifications, um, as you said. Uh, there are there is a um, 
a server-side component that I've written in .NET and I made sure from the beginning that it worked nicely on the Mono runtime. Um, this, this, was an, this was an important decision just because it, get, it gives, gives you the option of running the backend on a non-Windows virtual machine. So um, my research um, tells me that it's cheaper to, to sort of run your backend on, on Linux. Um, relatively speaking, um, you know, if you can get things up and running in a short period of time and it's not too much pain to maintain, then yeah, your, your, your costs are literally halved um, monthly. So yeah, the Mono runtime was, was an important um, decision for me. So um, it, it really just handles push notifications. Uh, it, it, the, alarms, the alarm system talks directly to, the, the, to this backend component and it converts whatever it receives to a message that it can send to the device. Um, there's also a little SQL, a SQLite uh, database um, that it uses, and uh, yeah, it it pretty much just runs by itself. Uh, you know, it doesn't need much maintenance. Uh, just just needs to be up and running all the time, and that's it. So on, it's running on Mono, and um, do, is that like an ASP.NET stack then, or is it just like a custom console service app, or what does that look like on the server? Uh, yeah, it's not. A, it, it's it's a console app. Um, so it's just um, being configured to run as a daemon on uh, on Linux. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, you know, it it, it can be nerve wracking uh, when you when you launch um, your business for the first time on the App Store. Uh, you know, you need to make sure everything's going to be working all the time. Um, users expect. Uh, expect your your service to be up 100% of the time, and so it 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 was just really important to make sure that before you launch, you have all your ducks in a row. So for me, it was about um, setting up my um, my instance so that if anything goes wrong, a reboot will essentially bring everything back to the way it was. Uh, you know, day one, the way it was intended to work. So if anything goes wrong, you can literally reboot in a few seconds and you're back to the way you were. Um, I've never had to do that. So it's, um, yeah, I mean, we can talk about what services I use, but uh, yeah, it's worked well. Yeah, I was just going to ask, if you don't mind sharing where in the cloud you're running this. So... I believe the VM is actually in New York, oh. uh, Greg. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, the, the service I'm using is DigitalOcean. Um, they have, um, and, and let me just say, I'm not you know affiliated with with any of these services. That this just purely based on my research. Um, you know, the sort of cheapest cheapest services I could find. Um, but Digital Domain, oh sorry, Digital um, Ocean has a um, on on the, the entry level is a Five dollars per month, really lightweight uh, Linux VM. Uh, it's got like half a gig of RAM, uh, one core processor, uh, and it also comes with one terabyte of of um, data, uh, network data. Uh, 
Um, but for my needs, uh, it's perfect. And for $5 a month, you know, you can't really ask for much more than that. Um, the, the, the nice thing is, you know, just and just sticking to the theme, you know, for $5 a month, if, if I don't sell any apps, it's not going to break the bank. Um, in fact, I only really need to sell one app a month to cover my costs. So, uh, yeah, that was that was an important decision. And and and, yep, digital domains worked. Uh, digital oceans worked really well for me. It's that server side component just ticks away, and I don't really have to worry about it. And when you were originally kind of scoping this all out, did you evaluate any of the the standard, you know, platform as a service options out there, you know, be it Parse or Azure or whatever? Like, did you basically go with DigitalOcean more so based on price or did you find that you were able to, you know, deliver something closer to what you wanted um, using kind of a, a hand rolled solution like that? Uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I did look at I did look at services like Azure. Um, you know, obviously, um, it, it is it is a bit more expensive. Um, I'm not totally up to date with their with their latest pricing, but you know, I do believe it's more than five bucks a month. <laughs> Most things are, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I mean, you know, Azure does come with a lot of a lot of bells and whistles, and it it, it is a great service, um, but. Once again, you know, for my for my needs, which was really basic, I just needed a mono runtime, and, and that's all I needed. Um, so, uh, you know, I it, it it really works well for me. So it it basically was cost um, being the main main decision decision mm-hmm. factor. I, I think it is important to um, it is important for people to realize that if your service does need to scale. That you do have a plan, um, you know. You with service like DigitalOcean, you can only go so far. So you can you can upgrade your 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 VM to something a bit beefier, but you know when it comes to load balancing and scaling and things like that, if you if you need all those things, you, you you're probably better off on on one of the bigger services. So when you were building your app and pricing it, um, does, was the pricing for your app something that you took into account based on your, your costs going into it? Yeah, uh, and that's a good point. Um, you know, if you, 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 need to be, uh, you need to be charging enough to, to cover your costs, obviously. It, it needs to make, you know, don't be afraid to set the price of your app um, to something a little bit higher, um, if it if it means you're going to cover your costs earlier, um, I, you know I think most people are probably charging too little for their apps. They sort of un- undervalue their apps worth. Um, people are I think people are happy to pay um, upfront more for an application. The, uh, you know I don't think anyone has a problem paying a little bit more money for an application that works well, that's reliable. Um, so it, it's really important that you, you do charge enough to, um, you know, to, to cover your costs. And in fact, you know, I've found very little difference in, in unit sales from, you know, charging, uh, five bucks a month, uh, or charging 10 bucks a month, uh, my unit sales stay constant. So I've, I've personally found that the, the price hasn't affected my, my unit sales, um, at all. Huh. And you actually jumped right on what I was going to bring up is uh, what did 
I was I was wondering whether you were charging, uh, you know, more just an upfront cost, or if it, this is more of a subscription thing. Um, but I, I take it it's a monthly subscription then. Uh, it's not a monthly subscription. It's just a it's a it's a regular paid app. Um, okay. There's 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 no in there's no um, in app purchases or anything like that. Um, but I think that 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 just made sense for this type of for this type of app just to make it a a paid app. So uh, when I'm making apps and when everyone else is getting their apps in the store, there's a lot of extras that we tend to want to add on to our, our app, like error reporting. Do you use any additional services for things like error reporting or analytics? Uh, as far as error reporting goes, there is no error reporting built into the app. Um, I have a uh, email support function, which people tend to use. So... Um, you know, it just just opens up a, uh, uh, a, a an email from the app with some information on the, the system that they connected to, and people can send that through to me. Um, so very 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 basic, but um, you know, I like to I like to sort of eat my own dog food. So um, I use I use my app on a daily basis here at home. So you know, I think that's that's important, you know, use your own app um, as, as your customers will, um, you know, that'll give you a good idea of, you know, how well does it actually work, you know, don't, don't use it like a developer, use it like a user. Um, so I've, I've, I've learned a lot from just using it myself, but no, um, no, no sort of error report, that is something I, w- I would like to look at. Um, so, but as far as sort of other analytics, um, some of the services that I that I like to use and are essentially free if you uh, you know don't go to the if you don't <laughs> choose the paid option up front. But things like um, App Nanny just to keep track of of sales, um, I like to sort of just take a look at App Nanny in the evening and just just see uh, what what uh, sales. It, it gives you a good idea of. Um, any movement in the various stores um, globally. Um, I also use, and yeah, also for checking ranks, I use Magic Rank. So Magic Rank is just a, uh, a little OSX application that someone's written. Um, basically just scrapes Apple's site. Um, and you, Apple does do... IP checking, so you can't use it too aggressively, but that's also nice just to see if there's any movement um, on the App Store. The and then as as far as as far as um, uh, you know, other sort of analytical type things, um, uh, I find the support channels via email are really important. So um, when users are sending you uh, a support email, make sure you ask them at at the end, if you if you if you manage to sort of uh, rectify the situation and it all ends nicely, <laughs> um, you know, ask them to leave a review for, for your for your app. Um, that's that's the best time I personally think to ask someone to leave a review is one is after you've helped them in, in a support scenario. It's just to at the end of your mail to say, hey, would you would you mind leaving me a review? Um, and I, I found that that works really well. Do you have anything built into the app itself? You know, like like some apps do. You know, nag screens or have some sort of you know feedback mechanism that'll redirect you over to the the app store to leave a review. Do you do anything like that, or do you mostly leave it up to you know 
uh, your support chat, like following up a support ticket or, you know, just relying on users being happy and going to the app store to, to get reviews into there? Um, yeah, so I, 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 I do think that, you know, asking a user to leave a review and support mail is, is works best for me. Um, if you don't push users to leave reviews, I find that they don't. Um, and I don't use nag screens. Um, the nature of the of the application, because you're connecting to, to your security system, there's never really a good time to show a message to the user and say, would you like to leave a review? Um, you run the risk of nagging the user during an alarm situation. So it's <laughs> typically, you know, could be quite a tense, a uh, really tense moment for them <laughs> if the alarm's going off and you <laughs> nagging to go and leave a review on the app store. So no, um, uh, no nagging. Gotcha. And what about, um, I mean, you mentioned also doing a lot of tracking of, you know, ranks in the app stores and things like that. Um, I mean, have you done, have you found any particular like methods, like more or less valuable in, in helping your rank in the app stores and, and driving downloads to, of your app? Yeah. So another service, um, that I've used is something called sensor tower. Um, so Sensitar is quite useful just off the bat for uh, your keyword optimization. So if you go there, you can. Um, it's it, it's quite good at helping you choose the correct keywords for your application. And as you know, um, you know choosing the right keywords is really important on the App Store. Um, that's the way people search. So, yeah, and, and, and once again, uh, it's free. Um, they, do have, they do have a paid service, which you know, I'm sure is, is great and it looks great. But, you know, just to stress once again and, and in the theme of the, of the talk, you know, don't try not to spend money up front unless you, you're, you know, you're already making money. And you can get quite far with, with a lot of these services, um, you know, without shelling out any money. So yeah, Sensitar for keyword optimization. That's that that I think's helped me just uh, optimize my search. And how about for the app itself? Um, did you you know hire out any app design work or get any graphics done or even just using like different icons for the the in-app experience? Were there any costs associated with that for you? Uh, not initially. Um, most of the, uh, you'll be horrified to know that most of the sort of uh, design uh, imagery I did myself, but I have recently uh, used a service and I think it was someone at Xamarin who actually posted um, an, a blog post about uh, a service called Fiverr. So, yeah, um, I... I went on to Fiverr and I used the same, um, actually the same chap that was mentioned in the blog post, and he did a really nice uh, app icon for me for for five bucks. So um, that's actually that was actually a really great service. I don't think uh, I would ever do my own app icon or images again. Um, for for five dollars, you can get someone who who's really creative, knows what they're doing. And in a very short period of time, can you know produce something really nice for you? So that that that's a good service. Fiverr, Fiverr.com, I think it is. Should we uh, spill the beans, Greg? 
<laughs> yeah, I think so. I but I was actually just going to mention, uh, as John is alluding to, is uh, like we just um, you know we just redid our logo for the podcast, and we actually did that on Fiverr as well, uh, and that actually worked out really well for us. So yeah, we, we yeah, can no, definitely it's, concur it's, that it's, it's excellent. A, it's a I good mean, it, it doesn't make any sense doing it yourself, even if you do have some graphic skills uh, for that for that sort of price. You know, just contract it out. Right. And then I was also curious, you know, kind of on the, the same note, I mean, looking at the, the website that you have up for the app, like it's a it's a very nice, you know, brochure brochureware website. Um, I mean, is this something you designed yourself or did you get a, a template from somewhere? Like, how did you go about setting that up? Um, yeah, I got a template. Uh, so I, I don't recall where I got it from, but, um, you know, there, there's, there's so many places these days, but uh, you know, it, it's not, once again, in, in, in the theme of the blog post, um, buying a template just just makes sense. Um, if you can find something that, um, you know, it fits the theme of your, of your, of your product and you can, you can modify it, uh, obviously with your information, then, you know, go, that's the way to go. Um, it literally took me two or three days to set that up. Um, and... You know, having said that as well, uh, another another point is that that website runs, and this is just another cost cost saving tip. That that website runs on the same instance as the back end component. Now, um, you know, I don't I don't receive a lot of traffic on that site, so I can do it, and you know, I I, I do have a plan to to move it off. Uh, to a hosting service if if, re if required uh, when required but um, you know running it on the same uh, VM is good because there's no additional cost and it it keeps me on my on my five bucks a month um, DigitalOcean VM so yeah both both the website and the backend component on on the same instance. So how are you monitoring, you know, the, so you have that VM running um, in DigitalOcean, like how are you monitoring how well that's handling the load and when making the decision of when you might need to scale out to, to multiple servers or maybe to, a, a, you know, another hosting solution? Okay, well, um, luckily that's really easy for, for my business because, um, you know, as I said, it, it's really just managing push notifications. So um, there's not a lot of uh, sort of, you know, cr hardcore crunching going on there. But um, I use Urban Airship for push notifications. Um, so here's something else that's, um, you know, can be a cost saver. Um, Urban Airship does, I think it's 1 million uh, free pushes a month. Now, um, you know, for, for a lot of apps, 1 million push notifications may not be that much, um, especially if you're doing messaging, um, that sort of thing. But uh, for my purposes, it it's plenty. Um, you know, if you've got 1 million, I, I don't see a time where I have like 1 million alarm systems going off in, in a month. So um, <laughs> I send probably in the region of 3,000, about 3,000 push messages a month. So, you know, with, with, with the back-end service that's just sending 3,000 messages a month, there's, there's not too much going on. But, um, yeah, I mean, just basic uh, command line tools like top in, in Linux, the top command. So just, you know, checking how, what the CPU is doing, 
um, that you know whether the hard drive is uh, being over max, uh, overused, things like that. So very basic, just the the built-in Linux tools. Um, I use an Ubuntu instance, um, and yeah, that that pretty much that pretty much covers it for me. So then, I mean, one of the things that that kind of caught me off guard when I was launching, you know, the the app that I was alluding to earlier, um, was just a lot of the just the upfront costs in getting going. I mean, you think about software, and you know. You, you, it's easy to think, oh well, you know, most of the cost is just sunk time in writing an app, but but there was a lot of overhead, at least in what we were launching, of you know forming a new actual legal entity. And I mean, granted, I'm in New York, and that's a, a much bigger pain in the ass here than it might be in other places. But then there was the the whole process of opening a new bank account and doing all this kind of like logistics and paperwork and things like that. I mean, how much of that did you have to do uh, before launching this? And you know, what were some of the did you find that there were a lot of costs involved in that as well? To to be honest, the biggest cost uh, is the for me is the ninety nine dollar um, app um, a- Apple registration. <laughs> um, <coughs> uh, I, I I run the business uh, as a private um, you know as an individual. Um, so if if you go to the app store, you'll see my name there. Um, so that's. Um, I'm sure is uh, it's, it's saved me a fair bit of money. So if if you're happy to to you run run the business or your app under your own name um, as a private individual, um, you're going to save yourself some money and some pain, I believe. Um, as you said, registering a new company is not really something um, I wanted to get in, involved in. Um, so yeah. Um, you know, run it under your name if you can. If you're happy to do that, um, it, that it can save you some money. Yeah, I know that was definitely we. I we had like toyed with that idea, and then you know, it came down to the fact that I mean, in your case, it's it's just you running this for now, so it's a lot easier to to reason about you know putting it in a personal bank account or something. But once you have once you have multiple people involved, you know, it it basically would have become a problem for my personal taxes. So we were like, oh well, we may as well try and bite the bullet up front yeah um, uh, that's a good point um you know it is important to re- realize as well that i you know i am the only person uh involved in this business so that does make you know it, it, it you you, be, you become very agile when you work alone um <laughs> you, <laughs> you 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 can afford to you know as you said to sort of use your you know a personal bank account um, use personal details, and um, so yeah. I mean, it, it, initially that 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 would probably be the way to go if you if you are working alone. Um, but you know, as you said, if uh, as soon as the, you, you start adding people to the business, then yeah, you need to look at other other avenues. Right. So I so we've talked a bit about you know your your DigitalOcean hosting solution is you know like really awesome for for five bucks a month and that that's most of your ongoing cost. I mean, how much did cost impact you know some of the other tools that you chose as opposed to going with some other options that you might have been able to choose? Like, I mean, even for example, I mean, you went with with Xamarin, which is definitely not a a free tool chain. So I mean, how much did cost come into play um, when picking some of the tools that you went with? Uh, yeah, cost. I mean, it's a major factor. Um, I, I think you know, as I said in the beginning, I'm, I'm relatively risk averse. So, 
uh, you don't want to get involved in something that um, is going to be costing you money every single month, especially when you have users that have signed up to your business. You can't just decide at some stage, you know, to shut it down <laughs> because it's not because it's not making you money. So um, you 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 want to be you want to be making money from the from the start. So as far as um, you know, I was lucky because um, you know we do have Xamarin licenses for um, my day job. So I was able to sort of uh, leverage those those licenses that, that that is not a problem. But yeah, I mean, things like Xamarin can be costly. Up, um, the upfront costs are there. Um, but if you are going, you know, if you are going to take your app onto multiple platforms, then for me, it's it's a no brainer. Um, that's uh, Xamarin uh, the code sharing that you can do on Xamarin is 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 brilliant. Um, so uh, for me, it, that was a no-brainer. But you know, if you if you if you're on the iOS platform only, then yeah, I mean, by all means, look at um, you know just using Apple's toolchain. It doesn't doesn't really cost you anything. If you uh, now with the Swift Swift language, it, it's a little bit more appealing for uh, the, <laughs> for someone coming from a Java or, or C sharp background just to to get get involved there and uh, with with no sort of initial upfront costs, but yeah, I mean, I, I would still punt Xamarin if if you don't mind, you know, the the initial upfront costs. But and if you are going on multiple platforms, I would still say take the uh, you know pay the upfront license costs and just just use Xamarin if you if you're going to go onto multiple platforms. It's going to still going to cost you less in the long run. Great, um, I, I think we've covered uh, quite a bit of of how we keep our costs down as a developer. Is there anything that you can think of that we missed that we didn't talk about? Um, yeah, not, not really. I think we've, I think we've covered most of it. Um, is there anything that you could see kind of coming down the pipeline? Like now that you've, you've established this as an app in the store and you have users and all that, like, are there any, are there any costs that you can kind of see coming down the pipeline that you, you feel like it's, you're ready to, to make an investment on, or you still, you still feel like you have a, a good runway on your, your current solution? Yeah, I feel like I've got a good runway. I think, um, the only, the only thing that would bring costs, uh, further cost for me is something like if I had to scale up, um, and you know I think that's an important important point to make. Um, you, you know you do need to have a plan to to scale. Um, so, but you know if you if your if your application's written for something like Mono, it's 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 not difficult to to move across to a to a beefier VM or or even to move it into a service like Azure. Um, so. You know, if if need be, and that would be, and if I need to scale, it means I'm selling more apps. <laughs> so that would be a good thing. Um, it's a good problem to have. <laughs> it, it is a good problem to have, exactly. So yeah, I mean, um, additional costs bring hopefully will bring additional sales. So yeah, absolutely. Um, well, yeah, I, I I think that that covers it, and that's a lot of really really useful information. Like I said, I don't it it's not often that you get a you know, in a behind-the-scenes look at you know running a, an app like like the one you're running. So I, we definitely really appreciate you taking the time, especially at this time in the morning, to uh, to sit down with us. This is great. Well, thanks for having me. Um, it's it's been good, and uh, yeah, I appreciate appreciate the invite to be on the show.
All right, and uh, thanks to all of you for joining us, and we'll, we'll see you next time on Gone Mobile.